to the pod. You're here with Reggie and Xavier, your host, and this is Sometimes You're the Frog. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. They let me know and shit. That's great. All right. That's right. <laughs> Yo, welcome back um, to Reggie. Xavier's here. Um, yeah. We're joined in the pot today with Mez on Font Infinity. And we're going to uh, tap in. Uh, we, me and Xavier have been listening for a while. And it's been living rent free for us. So we're hoping that we can document his brother and hopefully some of that shit can transmute to y'all. Does he got anything for me? I mean, the music speaks for itself. If you're listening right now, you, you should just pause and open up, you know, maybe social media, right? That's what I've been having in the rotation. Bulb is one of my favorite tracks. You just want to fuck. So, you know, Pause the episode and then come back. So, yeah, yeah that's all I have to say for that. Bro. So, what's up? Yeah, maybe you actually, yeah. How you feeling? And then maybe you could give us a brief intro, just, I guess, like who you are and shit. That shit is just, like, crazy flattering. Like, I really can't even use my words to articulate because... A lot of the times, like at least for the last, honestly, for probably for the full extent of the time I've been making music, it hasn't really been like necessarily like with the intention of like having a bunch of people, different people hear it necessarily. Like I really, like, I started making music when I was like 13, 14, like on FL Studio and shit. And I like gotten a guitar and like that was fun, but I, I like wanted to do more. And so I never like everything was just it was just kind of like, oh, I'm experimenting with this. So like now, like ten over ten years later, it still feels like I'm experimenting with it, but now it's actually like affecting people and like people really fucking like are resonating with it, which is is like the trip you did ever and like having your lyrics like said back to you you're like man I, like i was just drunk <laughs> like, i was just talking, i was drunk and i was like mad about something i thought you know like instead of being petty in real life let me be petty in this song like this is the best way to go about it and the fact that it's uh helping out like other specifically young black men really uh gives me a sense of purpose sure um yeah i can't i don't even know <laughs> that shit is overwhelming but that's fire i'm glad you like bulb too because I, I thought that was like one that like pretty much for the last like two three two or three albums it's been like before i drop i'm like cringe i'm like cringing at every last song like i'm like embarrassed i'm like scared <laughs> i'm like yo, i'm like i'm about to get canceled like like it, it is it's kind of like when you allow yourself to do a bad thing or some shit like you you're like you know you shouldn't be saying something or you know like that's the feeling like that might not necessarily be the reality of the situation but the feeling is like damn like should i say that like fuck like that's kind of like rough and then something in me for the last like year or two has just been like nah nigga say that shit <laughs> and then i'm 
all right. And then I just kind of put those feelings aside. This has to go out. So I guess, uh, you know, that was a part of my intuition that probably was right. Cause now it's like, it's getting to the point now where I'm like, I'm starting to get DMs like, yo, like this song talked me off the ledge or like this shit is keeping me going. And that shit is crazy. Cause I just thought I was being a dickhead <laughs> and just like <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> like, I mean, not being a dickhead, obviously like a lot of this stuff comes from a real, very real place. And like, mm-hmm. it's like my experiences, like at least like, 60 to 80 percent like at least 80 between 60 and 80 percent is like all my experience and then the rest of it is kind of like me trying to tap into maybe other people's experiences or like it doesn't it's not even necessarily all about me but it's just like a take on things and i don't know i can't i can't stress it enough that shit just feels crazy to actually be able to kind of like make a difference in like somebody's day like Cause I've definitely, you know, we've all been there where you're like, you're just kind of like feeling crazy. And then like, I didn't really even think about it till recently where it's like, yeah, you could just be going through girl issues. Like I've had like a dude that was going through girl issues, hit me up like on some crate, like his friend, like, I don't want to divulge too much. Just on some like personal shit. Yeah. It was just like, and I was like, damn, like I'm reaching niggas like that. And the whole thing is that like, I didn't even, I don't know this person. I've never met this person. We live in different states. I don't even know. Like, it's just little, little things. It's like one person in this random place might hear something. And then all of messing about their whole circle is like, they already know who you are. And I guess I'm just kind of getting used to that. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Like, and it's something that I think like, this sounds egotistical as fuck, but like, I think I can, I'm equipped to handle like very well. Like there's, there's no time that my head will ever get big. Cause obviously like, this shit is like the bottom of like the deepest depths of my soul to get this shit out. So it's like, I can't even like, it's not, I'm not talking about being rich. Like (laughs) I'm not talking about like how cool I am. Like I'm, I'm telling you I'm an alcoholic in a song. Like I'm telling you, I can't sleep. Like I'm telling you, like I'm heartbroken. Like my bitch just cheated on me. Like I'm I'm (laughs) like, I'm showing you my ass. And I, I guess a part of the approach too is like, if you continue to show your ass, then like maybe other people can feel a little bit more comfortable in their skin type shit. Like, not that even, not even trying to say that I'm comfortable in my own skin, but it's like somebody like, you gotta kind of like break that shit open at some point. It's like, so that's that's kind of just been the, the approach as of late, but that's sick that you guys have been like social media, right? It was like, yeah, the whole process, basically like when I started Damn, am I am I hogging this shit up? Bro? No, no, no. Like, talking shit, bro. This yeah. is literally yeah. what we encourage. What we like, shit. literally. What, bro, well, let me let, this, let me say it, this. If if this makes the situation more like comfortable, I know you you don't really know us like that, and I'll just give you a little context, and then we can you can divulge as much as you want to. Yeah, please. Like this shit, like this, like booklet this platform like this sometimes you have a frog shit like this is something that we think about as i don't know like a clear documentation for people like us for folks that we bring in like it's about finding people like that are radically unspecified and giving them you know that moment to like (laughs) say shit off you know what i'm saying say shit 
that you can't say because a lot of this making shit is like just living and trying to find ways to adapt to it and nigga we really just want to honor like you taking time out the day to share you know with all of us but also like sit down in the pot and have this conversation with us so wherever you go like we gonna follow like we're both community people like we'll if we feel like we want you to pause we'll communicate that like it's fine i feel safe here (laughs) (laughs) all right cool well shit basically social media right was like on the heels of mania which was mania was like literally just mania like i would there there's a bunch of shit that happened like in my life like the because i think mania dropped like in december but like that whole year was like hell like it, it was just like a lot of like wild shit happening that was just like deeply traumatic and i think i was in a space where like nobody around me necessarily like was able to like see it or empathize with it so i kind of felt like all that i had left was to kind of like go back to my little my little vibe like it was just kind of like all right like um it was, it was very like it was i spent a lot of time alone like a lot of isolation and it was very much like this like i need to get, I, I can't even talk to anybody about half this shit <laughs> so like or at least i'm not it's not going to be a fruitful discussion you know what I mean where you know like I got this going on and I like I should talk like I could talk to this person about it but like they're not gonna understand like why would I even waste my time doing that so that was essentially like mania there's like a lot of shit going on like halfway through making it uh I got really sick like I thought I gave myself gastritis from drinking too much but it wasn't necessarily just that i ended up having like a bunch i found out i had a bunch of vitamin deficiencies and shit and i was anemic for a couple months and like it didn't help that i had such a vicious alcoholic spree that i was kind of like still like riding the wave of so it that all hit like concurrently and then niggas got covid and like it's like a bunch of yeah so mania was just like like half that album I recorded like in bed because I couldn't get out of bed type shit. Like I didn't even have the energy to go to the corner store to get something. Like I I just didn't have it in me. I, and I lost a lot of friends throughout that period just because like for one, I wasn't my best. Like I was definitely in what some might call the dark night of the soul for like at least six months it was a prolonged period of time but i didn't realize it because i was numbing everything like i was just kind of like it was just happening in front of me so then after mania i think i did like an album for my artist alias she's like one of my closest friends and i've been producing a lot of stuff for her but then coming on social media right was just kind of like is like after the mania type shit where like it's starting to settle down and you're like wait <laughs> like <laughs> what the fuck have i been doing for the last year and then it, that's kind of like where the name i have like a memo 
I just write random shit, like whatever comes to mind. Social media, right, was one of the words. Like, I'll just, like, if it's like a funny word or a funny phrase, I write it down and I was thinking about it. I was like, social media, right, friends. <laughs> like, everybody that I thought was and like, I'm seriously doubting. I'm sick as fuck and I'm all alone and like I can't relate to anybody and none of my thoughts are okay. Like I got some new shit where I put this vote. It's like, is it okay if things like this? It's from like this uh uh it's like a YouTube video that this DJ I don't know, it's it's some random shit, but that's essentially that was essentially like the vibes. It was just kind of like is it okay to think things like this? Like, am I, am I okay? Like, am I tripping? Like, have I been tweaking this whole time? Like, at what point was I not? Tweaking? And then, like, at what point did I start tweaking? Or am I still, like, it was just, like, all of those thoughts. And then kind of, like, I wrapped it up and, like, damn, I feel like a social media, right? Like, I feel like the elephant in the room. Like, no matter where I go type shit. So I just, I, I kind of tried to, like, play on that for that album i mean honestly like it's not like i'm trying to create like a certain theme usually i just say what i gotta say and then after i got like 25 songs then we can sort it out after that and you know figure out like reoccurring themes or whatever but that album was like kind of like coming off of the heels of being like hella sick and being like damn like i still got my body like my i still have my mind and my brain so I started really trying to focus in on like being a better songwriter and like telling stories or just painting a much clearer picture than just, whereas like on Mania, I think I was just spewing and then social media, I feels like I'm trying to me, at least feels like I'm trying to paint more of like a picture. And that's definitely been something that um, I've been honing in on for sure. Like this and, this entire time it's like i remember back when i used to have, like have writer's block like that shit does not happen to me anymore <laughs> like okay so all. can you talk to us about just i guess the production behind both of those because i mean mania was what the end of 21 and then social media right just a couple months ago but um yeah. what how is the when is I guess the music happening? Like, are you in the studio at the same time as I guess dealing, or is it like a I'm looking back and reflecting? Um, like, did you jump right back into studio mode after Mania? Yeah, I'm always in studio mode, basically. And there's like there's a couple songs on social media right that were originally supposed to be on Mania that I thought were going to get me canceled. I swear to God, that's the only reason I didn't put them out. I was like, this is too offensive. I was like, this is not okay, except like, no, like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> not even on some ego shit. Like, obviously, like, I'm not fucking Drake or The Weeknd or fucking, you know, like, Taylor Swift. It's like, I, at the end of the day, it's like, bro, nobody's gonna give a fuck if you have a controversial opinion. But like, in my mind, I was like, I, yeah, no, nah, I can't put that out. So then, by the time social media right came around, that's where like I think that's where like the real switch in my brain happened, where it was like the writer's block was dissolved, and it was just kind of like, oh wait, no, you still have these old songs that are like pretty powerful, but like 
you're too scared to put them out, <laughs> basically. And then I kind of, so then I took, it was like three, maybe like, it was like, you just want to fuck. There's like a couple songs that were old and I was like, no, nah, I can't put these out. And then not even that old, just, you know, from a few months prior, basically on the same like run as Mania, um, like during the same period. But I was like, no, nah, these can't go out now. It's like the switch happened and there's just no, there's very little inhibition um, I don't know if that even answers the question, but no, no, you you hitting on it, yeah, yeah. There's sure. a, so this, yeah. It just so I stay in album mode. I'm always trying to make shit like because I work in spurts, so like I might just not be feeling it for like a month or two. Like I just won't feel like doing it. I just won't have the capacity, and then it's just like on 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 months and off months, and then there's some months where like i like i can't focus on anything but try like trying to get back to my laptop to make some shit because i'm like horny <laughs> i'm like I, I gotta talk this shit right now like, like i have to like there's no way i can't like i can't hold this shit in but then there's certain months where i'm like i have nothing to say like, i'm cool um so i i mean that was like a depth that's definitely a turning point because i remember like Way back, La Please, I have this like series called La Please that I think I'm gonna try to like add to. But La Please was like, it means La Please in French. Damn, that kind of goes back to Nanjie. But La Please is like, you know, like a timeout, like a break, like I'm like refreshing, like like solace, like rehabilitation. And so the first one is like mostly instrumental, and like it was. I can't remember when I put it out. It was probably like 2018, 2017 was the first lot of please. And it's mostly instrumental. And there's a few things where I have vocals on it, but I wasn't comfortable. Like I had writer's block all the time. Like I didn't know what to talk about. I didn't know what to say. And like, shit was just like weird. Like you can go back and listen to those songs. Like I'm mumbling. Like you can <laughs> like. Okay. So I wait, like, what, what brings you to releasing sharing like what when is that i guess part of it mm. after so i mean honestly as soon as like i have like a couple bars that i think are fire i'm like all right like i'm gonna, I'm gonna export this 45 second snippet because it's hard and then it, like i'll send it to like my little circle or whatever like half people won't respond <laughs> and then like like a couple people like this is crazy and i'm like yeah i'm about to add another verse nigga like you just wait <laughs> but i'm really thinking about at least now i'm thinking about the whole through i'm thinking about like how i'm processing what the fuck i'm saying how it's going to come across but not trying to be too attached to like that in particular because you never fucking know um but yeah as far as like the sharing thing like that's like essential like uh, to me that's a part of the process of course i mean like you're making this shit for other people to hear. Like it's not like I mean, obviously you're making it for you to hear too, but like other people are like a thing and are around. Like if you didn't know any other people and you're the only fucking human on earth, like <laughs> I don't know, like you wouldn't necessarily feel like inclined to share so much, but it's like there's other people. So the whole way through damn who like who do i know that would think this line is funny like 
<laughs> I just said the most ignorant shit I could think of. Like, I, I know exactly who would love this, and I sent it to them. Okay, so I remember you were saying that you, you know, you've been doing this, you know, 13, 14, Fruity Loops. Was it always like, you know, oh, damn, this made some crazy, like, let me go send this to my good mans? Absolutely not. Oh, oh no. It wasn't? Of course. Nah, man. I was trash. I was trash for like a year. I, honestly, though, there's like one project I have. It's not on any streaming. It's only on Bandcamp. It's called Silent Times. Silent Times, Maison Fall Infinity. Uh, I made that shit when I was like 14. I was pretty sure it was like my first EP. And at the time, I had a battery in my back because one of the, uh, it was like, Remember when like Chill Wave was a thing? Y'all remember that? Yeah. Like Chill Wave, Neon Indian, and all that shit, like washed out. That was when I really started getting into like Tori Moore and Ariel Ping and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was this one YouTube that would just play like really esoteric, like electronic music. And her name was Tammy Sue. Tammy SZU. She like dis she like erased herself from the internet. But she used to share all this crazy shit. And I remember she would, she would take submissions. You know, it was like that era where it's just mm-hmm. like any yeah, like, casual, like all that shit. She, I, yeah, so she was taking, you know, submissions and I sent her like a, some, sh- some random shit I made like back then. And she was like, this is fucking crazy. Like she responded, she's like, immediately, she's like, this is crazy. I can't believe you're 14 don't ever stop making music. And that was pretty much it. And I was just like, all right, bet, like, cool. And then I made Silent Times, but like to this day, I'm still really proud of that shit. Like, I don't really show it off at all, but like production wise and like vibe and mood wise, like sometimes I'll be going back and I'm like, how the fuck did I do that? Like, I'm like, how did my like 14, 15 year old brain like make this happen in Fruity Loops? <laughs> like and then I'm like, all right, nigga, like you just use a lot of reverb and delay, like sample, like whatever. But like, <laughs> still, like some of the stuff is like still impressive to me. Um, but it took a long, like it definitely took a while. Like it took, I had a lot of downtime for a while though, so that's like all I did. So I had like a smooth year before I could like feel like yeah, something I made was cool. Obviously, like you're just like when you're first getting started, you're just excited because you made something that's really what it is and then you start to get to that critical stage where you're like wait like this doesn't sound like the shit on the radio like it's not good and then you start to you know you start to judge yourself and like shit gets weird but um did i answer the question yeah yeah definitely definitely (laughs) just want to know like uh i guess when it became like I guess when you, I guess, knew you were good. Like, yeah. when it, when you're like, oh, I'm that nigga. Like, I guess, like, when, when was the, the moment you were like, tickle. yeah, that's what I guess I'm trying to get at. Like, when were you like, I'm as on fine. This is it, nigga. Like, I used to be trash at Fruity Loops, nigga. But now, nigga, whole name to this shit, nigga. I would say concept. Concept. I would say right before Mania, I put out this tape called Fuck You Where You Breathe. 
Oh, yeah, the Kevin Durant joint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. No, like, yeah, that was probably, like, you know, before that, I was having feelings. Like, I was like, man, this is kind of good, like, whatever. And then Fuck You Where You Breathe was, like, I think that was when I first kind of felt that way. Because, like, if you look at the cover art, like, I'm just sitting in the in the studio. I have no expression. Like, I did that very intentionally, very blatantly. I was like, trying to make it look like a world war two photo or some shit like a world war one photo like nigga i am not having fun but <laughs> i was like nigga this is really just what i like what i'm what i'm thinking about what i'm facing on a day, day-to-day basis i think that was the point for sure like right around that time it was like oh no like i'm that nigga that talks this type of shit <laughs> i'm that nigga that you know, I talk, I go, I take it this far or like, I'm going to talk about these particular intimate details. Like the first song on, on that genre is called Leeches. And I'm, it's just like a straight hating nigga anthem. Like, it's not really a hate nigga anthem. It's more just like a, it's like a, a loner, like slash, I hate everybody anthem. And that was like one of the ones where people were like, people would hit me and be like, I love Leeches. I'm like, nigga, you, I'm like, you like that song? Like, it, like, like white people, you know what I mean? Like, people <laughs> are so like outside of your demographic you're like oh like no way i'm like you enjoyed that like sonic experience for me <laughs> like it's like blowing my mind but that was definitely the point and that fueled like the the album title too where i was like nah nigga fuck you where you breathe like this is yeah and then some i think mania was like exercising those new muscles that i developed where i was like yeah I could talk about anything. I'm like, I could be whoever I want, or I could speak in whatever voice or tone I feel is necessary, and it'll translate to the right. So it's definitely. I think that came out. That came out like July or August of last year, like right before Mania. Yeah, that was that was a tipping point for sure. So what are you listening to, like, Wait, now? And I guess Zay, we have seven minutes. Yeah, let's cut out at, like, two. Damn, we got seven minutes. Um, and then we'll just move back up. But, uh, yeah. What was the question? Yeah, just what are you, like, listening to leading up to oh. now, I guess now? And, you know, what are the, what's, what's, what's in your ear pushing you to these places, I guess? Production was pushing like, oh, um, I'm trying to get at yeah. I mean, vocals too. I mean, like, I really want to talk to you about songwriting at some point, but I'll wait till we bridge on over. Yeah. Um, but like, can you set a stage for, for us for the idiots who haven't paused and gone and listened to your shit? Can you give yeah. them, you know, in like production wise, like what was I, what, what brought me to those points on like, fuck you, where you breathe and mania and all that stuff. Or, or I mean, if you could just give us like maybe a lineage or I, whatever your relationship to, you know, just making and listening to other people's shit is. Yeah. So around that time I first started like, like 14, 15, that was like when I was, I, that was like when the indie world became like apparent to like and like so i was born ago 
the Democratic Republic of Congo, we moved, like my family moved to the States in 2000. And so when we got, my parents, like African into was Christian, like ballads, like crazy ballads about their undying, unwavering love for Jesus and God. And like, I grew up on that. And like some of that shit is still stuck in my brain. And like uh, last year, like I had, you know, I had a point where I was like, let me go back and listen to shit. Cause you know, growing up like in an immigrant family, you're like, it's natural that your own culture gets kind of assimilated, like in your head, you can go home to it every night, but you're still like, man, like, you don't really have the appreciation unless it's like ingrained in you. So I, I didn't appreciate it. And then I started going back and listening to stuff. And I was like, damn, like these are melodies that like, at least like the scales and the way they're going. I was like, this is shit that I'd be thinking about, but now I'm un- like, now I'm 24, 25 and I'm fully understanding how like this scale or like these types of sequence, this type of sequencing is like stuck in my head. Like, this is just how I know how to do it. And I didn't realize that until fucking halfway through my 20s and i'm listening back to this shit um so that that was definitely like that's that's a that's a factor and then uh, around that time of like 14 15 that was like ariel pink tori ma tame impala like that was like neon indian washed out like that was all that was like the vibes like macintosh plus <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> macintosh plus how to dress well fucking purity ring like all types of shit and like it all kind of slapped me across the face at the same time and then there was the odd future machine too so it was like (laughs) there's a lot of different forces at play and and like i was definitely i was like super into all that shit and then there's a oh shit i don't even know what's happening there's um there's also like huge thing with like psychedelia at some point like i got really into the doors like before a nigga ever did a drug in his life <laughs> like i was just like this is cool like light my fire like flesh it was so enticing <laughs> jimmy hendrix and like even like obscure shit from back then like captain beefheart and the magical band or no 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 is it yeah captain beefheart and his magical band captain beefheart i don't even remember where the fuck he was from but he was really good homies with frank zappa and like his shit is his shit just doesn't make any sense, bro. Like he has an album called Trout Mask Replica. Like you won't even understand what the fuck just happened by the time you get to the end of that album. Like it, like, and that's not even an understatement. Like I'm not even like vaguely sizing it. It's literally like some of the weirdest shit you will ever hear in your life, and you're like, how were like what even like prompted you to make this in 1906? Like what the fuck were you on, nigga? Like shit is crazy like shit like that and then so that was like though that era and i would always like avoid not avoid but i would like avoid hype so i, I had my little thing going on where i was like yeah i'm listening to these bands or like like deep purple and like psych shit but then i'm also really into like contemporary electronic shit that's happening but then i also like this like chill wave like indie thing that's happening too and like I'm getting mad at all my friends because they like they're listening to Tori more now, and I'm like, nigga, that's <laughs> I'm like that's mine. Like, yeah, I, I was that kid. Like, Been on that shit, nigga. Yeah, I was like gay. I was like making fun. I was like, nigga, you late as hell, bro. Like I've been listening to shit. Rest you a bitch. You don't know, Chad, nigga. I mean, 
I was the worst. Like I was the worst. Bro, we kid, got so but... many homies that think gatekeeping is ethical and should it be a thing that's practiced. Like I'm around so many niggas who genuinely believe that. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's cool. I think it's necessary in some cases, but like not the way the <laughs> not <laughs> not in that like, not in this like petty juvenile way that I'm describing. <laughs> like that was just Oh, before we cut out, that's a that's a good point to drop out and then we'll Reggie will make another one, then we'll come right back in for the time. All right, one sec. One sec. Permission. Okay, so we was hitting on Shay was listening to Chill Wave and the um dealing with friends just getting on to shit you've been on. Yeah. So all that was happening at the same time, Indie, Chill Wave, Psych Rock from the 60s, and then Death Grips. Oh, yeah, Child <laughs> Mass Replica. Oh, and then Death Grips. Death Grips. Then Death Grips slapped me across the face, too. And I was just like, what the fuck? I was like, bro, like, the money store, like, changed my life. And then, nah, really, No Love Deep Web changed my life because these niggas went against the label put the drummer's dick on the album cover, bro. Leaked their album to the internet. <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, but really like, Death Grips, Jimmy Edgar, The Doors, um, Tori Ma, like I'm, I got like some Tori Ma, like live shit playing in the background right now. Like all of that stuff was so impactful for me, like all of this at that time. And then like random like contemporaries, like Hatmir Cat, and like Hudson Mohawk oh, yeah. from like Hudson Mohawk, Flying Lotus, obviously, like maybe not so obvious, but like Flying Lotus's whole scene, like the whole like IDM thing, like the intelligent dance music was it all it all kind of cracked me across the face at the same time. So then when I started making music, I didn't really feel like, you know, I didn't have something that was like all right nigga like i don't know like i didn't go into it like all right you're a fucking electronic music producer or like you're a psych rock person because i didn't i don't think i even recorded like my i didn't even record my first guitar song until i was like 18 like fully guitar based like i had all the instruments i just didn't know how to do the shit so it took a lot a lot of time to get to that point but yeah I would so say you that. are an instrumental, sorry to cut you off, but you are instrumentalist. Like these aren't mm-hmm. most of the time samples. Yeah, like if it's a sample, like you could definitely tell, but like songs like Bulb and like even Social Media, right? Off of Social Media, right? Like I think once you hear one song and you like know it's just me on guitar, like you can kind of tell. Like I kind of like, I can't really hide myself like in that way. Like you can tell it's me playing guitar. I, I, I like have a system that's like subconscious, I think, where like there's just certain bass lines and like certain grooves. Another band I forgot to mention, Dirty Projectors. Dirty Projectors was super impactful for sure. They just did everything was so like avant-garde and obscure. Like dude put out 
like an album of all like classical compositions. Like there's not a single drum. Like it's all he has like albums of just it's all strings and like like clarinets and shit. Like that was like a huge thing too. So it all it basically like all that stuff. I I came into making music as a huge as just somebody that just loved music. Like it was the it was like the only thing that took me out of whatever I was dealing with. Like and it, it started young. I didn't realize it, but that's when it started. Like when my parents got divorced, <laughs> like my mom would buy me these like little FM radios from the dollar store and I would just listen to everything on the radio, like 24 seven. And then over time, that's kind of where the Maison Fond Infinity came from. Cause it was just like, damn, like I love music so much. Like, and now that I have the, the privilege of being able to make it like these are like my babies. Like I feel like I've lost. Like I've I've had times where like you get you catch a virus and your shit it just wipes your shit out or like you forget to save something. Like that's the most devastating thing I could like. I've lost people. Like I've been through hell of shit, but like I literally don't even know. Like for some reason, like my emotional body, like I can't. This shit is just really important to me, at least. So that's like like that's where is that where that sort of concept came from. I was like, damn, these are my kids, like, forever. Like, I just made, I just birthed this auditory child, and it means the world to me. Like, even if it's 30 seconds long. Do you still feel that way about, uh, I guess, everything you're making? Yeah, definitely. Do you think about, kind of a sidebar, do you think about having, like, human children? Say that again? I said, do you think about having human children? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Word up. I think I'd be a a fucking killer dad, but like, like, not not right now. Do you, um, do you study, uh, like, sacred numbers at all? Cause I just noticed a lot of your run times, as far as the tracks. Like yeah, two, that's two, 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 two. Yeah, that shit, is, that shit is blatant. It's just like mainly because like right now, that's not what I think about. But there was a, like I'm like, all right, guys. I smoked DMT when I was 17. <laughs> and, like that shit blew me open, and that was around the time where, you know, that's like you're 17 you're either gonna like go with the program or that's like or you're questioning the world at that point and so i was like definitely on the questioning the world side of things and like that was when i sort of like started having psychedelic experiences and i started meditating a lot and like fucking crystals and shit but like this is like 2015 2016 so like I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm like the black male interp like embodiment of like, I don't know, like your local white girl who like just learned about astrology or some shit. Like, and I, that's, that's literally the reason why I do that. Cause I'm like, bro, like not to be on no weird shit. Cause like, this isn't about me, but like, or like ego shit, but like niggas have been on this shit before you. Like, like I'll still have people like tell me stuff about, certain esoteric quote-unquote spiritual things that like i've had these innate i've had these understandings since i was 15 but like here we are like at a bar 
<laughs> and like you're feeling yourself so you feel like you need to talk to me about how like i don't know like you need to talk to me about vibrations or like numerology or some shit it's crazy <laughs> like back then back then 2016 i was the nigga at the skate park barefoot uh wire wrap crystals all around my neck asking everybody what their signs were right and i was getting looked at like what the fuck is wrong with this dude like nobody understood fast forward to 2020 and beyond now now niggas are starting to understand you know what i'm saying like and anybody that knew me at that time will vouch, will vouch for that like oh yeah that nigga was barefoot with crystals he's he's, <laughs> med- he's meditating with crystals on his forehead he was putting everybody on the numerology he was talking about vibrations and shit like i didn't even drink bro i was vegan as fuck like i was like that nigga but i was like that person before that person was like solidified as like this is that person so nowadays i just got like i kind of try to throw it in with the ignorance because i'm like you niggas really think i'm stupid bro like not you know what i mean like not you niggas but just in general <laughs> like, the gp like, yeah like like bro art like not that not that you can be, be like past it or been there done that when it comes to spirituality but like it do be weird yo like, I know we can speak from experience, whether we liked it or not at the time, we were indoctrinated into certain, yeah. like, methodologies just because that's what we were around, that's what we were drawn to. And, you know, once you fall in the rabbit hole of, like, wellness on that mm-hmm. plane, especially when you're young, you, you try everything. You, like, you know, you read in about breathing. Mm-hmm. One month, you have in long periods of time where you're, like, teaching yourself these different things. But now it's, like, but that's the thing, niggas will make it their personality. So it's just, I think maybe that's <laughs> maybe maybe that's the weird part about it. It'd be like, hi, I'm interested in I am infinite <laughs> waters diving deep. <laughs> Grand horizon. <laughs> yeah, no. So I do that shit very blatantly now. And I throw I I, I want to throw it in with my ignorance because I think in my head, like eventually. Like, I'm like, bro, I, I've been on this side. Like, I've been to this school and I've been to this school too. Like, I've been to like the school of whatever, like indoctrination. Like, I'm 12 years old. Like, every time I, I beat off, I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this is my 24th time beating off. I'm about to go to the 24th labyrinth of hell. Like, I'm about to like that's really how i would think <laughs> like that's really how i was thinking and then some like snapped and i was like wait and like i'm a tourist like earth signs like man we gotta we gotta see it to believe it so even when i started getting to that shit like what bro before you even continue i literally when we first was talking i was like i feel like this nigga a tourist i ain't trying to be that nigga because i'm a tourist too bro bro i'm i'm classic tourist bro mm. I'm Taurus Sun and Taurus Rising. Wow, that's powerful. <laughs> I got four sun. <laughs> Taurus Sun, Taurus uh, Venus, and Taurus Mercury. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, they they call that uh, the astrology hoes call that. Uh, you said they call it a what? A stel- stellum, right? What is it? Strelium? Stellium? Stellium? It's something like that. I'm a, a, I'm a stellum. sad stellum. I'll be getting that shit. For some reason, it, 
for some reason, if you feel it like it's like, oh, okay, I don't know. Niggas, okay. <laughs> but that's the thing. I'm not that tapped into astrology, but I'm around enough niggas. I just be accepting that niggas be like, yeah, I know you, nigga. Let me see your chart. No, literally. What time were you born, nigga? I'm, I'm, about, like, okay. I'm about to plot you in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of oh fact, that actually makes sense because, see, now I see why you, okay. Yeah, that's okay. why you did that yesterday. <laughs> hold that. Hold that. Come back with some chocolate with some crystals. Literally. Check that nigga Siberia. Nigga, you ever heard of the cerebellum? Okay, but, but okay. Sorry. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, so wait, this is like a sidebar from the music. But I'm curious, like, you seem to be, just from what I'm gathering, a nigga that's moving in authenticity, rather it be on purpose or not. Like, we always talk about how, like, having a virtue that involves, like, freedom, but also, like, I'll just figure my shit out in public is so complicated because you're, like, not isolated, but very much so, like, are by choice, um, rather it be for art or for contemplation, like, how do you like you know move through your day to day like how at least as we perceive it like social media yeah. wise things could be wrong you could be yeah you could be super like, social hosting Game of Thrones nights with no the, literally uh, <laughs> <laughs> red cups going around is all right so the thing is my work is like like the shit like my bread and butter is very like hectic so I work at, like a a concert hall, a venue here in DC. That's like, like the occupant, it's like thousands of people. Like the occupancy is thousands of people. And then I also work at like kind of like TikTok-y, like kind of busy restaurant. So like all those times of reclusivity and isolation are like, I don't feel bad for them because like as soon as I go back out, it's like you know, like and y'all y'all live in a big city too, so you know like sometimes it's just chaos. It's just like utter chaos. Like you, yeah, I'm I'm from DC and Reggie's from PG. I mean not PG. Oh, you're from DC? Yeah, I'm from DC. I'm from PG. Nigga, damn, you know I'm up top. I'm right by Howard Hospital, bro. Oh, nigga, Columbia. we went to school <laughs> by U Street, bro. Yeah, like I'm on U Street. Yeah. That's where I live. I'm right by the fire station, by the children's hospital. Oh, I nigga, yeah, yeah. I You're after, McDonald's. Uh, every 30 seconds. Well, you, uh, work, you work on 14th? Like, Without putting your business out there. Is that what you work in that area? Nah. Nah. I work downtown. And I work by the water, too. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. um. What's that like? Because you're not, you're not from there. Like, are you? Yeah. That's the weird part. Niggas know, like... So, ba- all right, so, basically, we moved to Texas in 2000. We were there for a couple years. My parents split. We moved to Colorado. I was, like, eight years old. We moved to Colorado. We lived there. I was, like, until I was, like, 13, 14. We moved to Baltimore. We were there for, like, several months. And then we moved to Virginia. And then I finished high school there, and then I ended up in the city. So, like, it is, like, I just remember, like, right 
after high school, I started to feel like the walls were closing in on me in Virginia. Like it was just weird. Like the Fairfax County police were so aggressive and like, it was like, like when I got my car, my first car and I was 19, these niggas, like I got pulled over five times like in, in a few weeks, a few weeks, like a month. And they would just make shit up to try to get in your car. And like, <laughs> like I like by like by like the second time I was like, all right, this nigga's going to make shit up, to try to get in my car. Like I got dread. So he's going to like assume right. I have weed on. Um, so I remember at first, like, my mom like lied and said she moved to Atlanta. We just weren't getting along. Like I had, a, I had this girlfriend at the time, like I was like 18, 19. I was still in her house. I had this girlfriend that would be over all the time. I was like madly in love with her. I was, it was like, we're still tapped in as fuck. Like that's like my baby. But like, we're not together. Like, still together, homie. Still together, yeah. Like Kodak. Like Kodak said. Was it Kodak? I don't remember, but <laughs> it was like weird. And then she didn't like that I smoked weed. So then naturally, like, that shit just didn't work out. She was not fucking with me. And she was like, nigga, I moved to Atlanta. Like, and I was like, all right. I mean, I found out two years later that was a lie, like, on Samari shit. But, like, I just packed I packed my, my uh, room into my car and just drove off into the sunset. So then, like, for the next year, I was just wherever I was, that's where I was. So I was like sleeping on couches, you know, my car, like doing whatever. But one of the things that captivated me about DC and kept me here was like, whenever I crossed the bridge, I felt like I could breathe. Like, I'm like, it's niggas over here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not the only person with this kind of hair. Like, the cops aren't tripping on me. Like, they're just trying to make it home because they know where they're at. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was, it was just different. And it just, there's there's definitely something about it. And it's probably, you know, there's probably that factor in every major city. You're like, man, you can't take the, like, the good comes with the bad. But it is definitely, you know, a vibe, as you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Reggie went to school, like, in D.C. and shit. He'll tell you. So he kind of, he know the vibes, too. <laughs> yeah. So are you, I guess, are you uptown? Are you south without getting into neighborhoods and shit? <laughs> yeah, I'm uptown. Uptown by the hospital. Okay, where? Yeah, by the reservoir. How you feel like being there, I guess, has influenced your ear and just being out because the music scene there is like mad special. As much as it's like, it can be super small, like the city always is like soundscaping itself, rather it be the niggas on the corner or the random like block parties right outside the venue for the party yeah. in the venue. Yeah, I mean, it drives me crazy and it fuels me at the same, like it, it I hate it. Like, sometimes I really hate it. You know, there's just certain days where you're just like, he goes outside, it's loud music, ambulances, somebody's asking you for 50 cents. Like, <laughs> you're like you just woke up, like, you're just like, bro, like, what is going on? But to an extent, like, that definitely fuels a lot of shit. Like, you kind of need, 
like uh, I was thinking about naming the next album Chaos or like Chaos Magic or something like that, just because it is a certain like level of chaos magic. Like, and I've I've kind of come to terms with that. Like, working in such busy environments, it's like you kind of have to be able to be okay with utter and absolute chaos. And once you can feel comfortable in those types of environments, you kind of like a different type of monster like yeah like the world's burning down behind me but like you know here we are so it's definitely been it's definitely helped fuel a lot of like stuff just just based on like yeah the chaos like gentrification like shit just does not make any sense like tent communities like next to government buildings like <laughs> this is our nation's capital <laughs> like i would expect that when i lived in denver like denver has a crazy homeless population too and like i would expect that in denver and like but this is the capital like once you niggas want to show up as your best like no <laughs> no <laughs> it's like one of the most poorly run cities in the u.s like no and i there's you know there's definitely something to be said about that but also it's like a fucking definitely you know fuels you to some extent and you gotta for me at least i've been trying to have it fuel me in a in a positive way like in a way that's uh fruitful like obviously you can crash out any day and just go do some dumb shit and like you might get away with it here like you might <laughs> like dead ass like you might go kill somebody and get away with it because these niggas are just trying to make it home like there's a crazy like lawlessness about this place that I've noticed. And like, I like, and I moved around all over, but like, yeah, there's like definitely, I don't know. It's maddening. It's inspiring. It's sickening, but it's also like very beautiful. Like I had a, a Lyft driver the other day and I love when I get Lyft drivers that are like born and raised in DC. Cause they'll just, they'll be like, man, <laughs> they're like, Man, all 14th Street was prostitutes. <laughs> this whole shit was pimp. We were selling drugs over here. I robbed a nigga right there. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, bro, that shit happens all the time. And I, I'm all ears. I'm like, yes, nigga, tell me about the debauchery that was occurring. <laughs> 12th Tell me about that shit, nigga. It's so small, yo. I feel like everybody just kind of like live so many lives. Like I don't like niggas That's be having phases ten for sure. miles long. But niggas be living like we grew up skating. So like going from one part of the city to the other was like our daily commute. Like we were going to school in Georgetown before we moved to U Street and we would like skate all the way down to Pulaski. And just the amount of different worlds you see just going from like the U Street corridor down Capitol. Like you just see so many different worlds. Yeah. Like that shit is nuts. What? Yeah, that's that's like probably one of the most inspiring things. Unfortunately, but fortunately enough, because it's like, yeah, like my driver was like, yes, this was all pimps and hoes. Yes, the house right there, <laughs> like, or like whatever, and they'll just put me on some shit, and then I'm like, damn, like this is where I'm at. And they're like, I remember I got dropped off. He was like, it was like a, it was like a. a a white girl like walking her dog. He was like, "You never seen no shit like this in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, bro. <laughs> bro, 
Yes. I was like, yo, like this is wild, man. It's it's yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's real though, like <laughs> white people live on Bennett Road now. It's crazy to me. On Bennett Road in Southeast. Yes. Bro, I've gone to Addie's before. Homegirl's like, yeah, this is my address. I'm like, bitch, you live in Southeast. I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm like zooming in on maps to make sure, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, like. <laughs> like where am I about to be at, bro? Huh? So you just be looking at the maps, like where am I about to be at, bro? No, what are you about to have me on? It's not even, and obviously it's not just southeast, but it's like certain pockets of northwest too. Oh, for sure. Like there's certain, yeah, there's certain spots up here where it's like all the other blocks are fine like around it but nigga this is not where you want to be at this time like do not do that and like <laughs> like yes i mean shoot northeast northwest you start going by rhode island east street it can get hectic it can really I think get that's hectic. Thing too because it's like it's it's a lot of different people rubbing shoulders like you might bump you might bump into the ceo of like you know like you might bump into a a seven figure nigger um <laughs> like in downtown like you had no idea like there's a nigga like shooting up or just acting crazy on the corner or some shit like that's definitely that's definitely one of the things that entices me about this place like more so than whenever i talk to people like you should go to la or you should go to new york and like that's cute like i get that shit all the time like people are like your vibe is really la but like why would i want like i don't know like la is probably tight but like this shit is like everything. Like I get to deal. I could. I could see the egomaniacs, the people with no egos, the people with nothing to lose, the people with like <laughs> the people who are type A and like have like intense anxiety about their status or like whatever. It's all right here. Like I. I could talk to. I talked to at the restaurant. It's just like I might have a table from France or Belgium or like this motherfucker's from Turkey and they're just passing through. Like the convention crowd. Like they're just here for a convention. Like. I met a group of uh, like four girls the other day that were all scientists from Belgium. So, like at this at this random bar, like yeah, we're here for the convention, and like I speak French because Congo was colonized by the Belgians. So I'm like talking to them and shit, but I'm just like, where else are you gonna have like? I mean, obviously you could probably have that experience anywhere, but just the way that it hits here is different. <laughs> I'm like, that's wild that you guys are all here right now. You're here for like three days. But that's like the chaos that I definitely you can you can th I'm trying to figure out how to thrive on it and only get the good parts of it. But sometimes you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you got to be if you're here for a little bit, you're here for a lot of it. Yeah, because you're going to get stuck travel. in the traffic. You're going to get stuck in the you're going to get on a train and be sitting there for a little while. That's the thing. I was reading. I was reading statistics, and it was like, yo, if you live in this area of DC, there's a one out of ten chance that you will be mugged. Like, <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, I was like, this is actually true, though. I'm like, bro, like, if you live here for like, like, over two years, like, something's gonna happen to you. Okay, like, yeah, you're gonna see something, bro. Somebody's on going your car. It's fine, bro. You might get robbed, like, at good point on the street. This is that's just DC, but you know, like you have to actually live here to understand that. And even some of the people that's passing through don't understand that. I'm like, bro, like 
you actually don't know where you're at. And I think that's important too. <laughs> like you got to know, you know, where you're at. And what was it? It's the chocolate city, man. Like, no, I love it. I mean, hey, now you say you got there not too long ago. I got to ask, what's your stance on carryout? Have you been eating mamba sauce? Have you been adding that to your diet? Are you getting wings? I was religiously eating. I was eating a lot of Howard China for a little bit. Okay. okay. See, we could go ahead. A lot of you guys go that deep into that. A lot of mumbo sauce. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys go that deep into? I'm like, okay, yeah. We <laughs> so was hitting that little spot too. Um, we talked a little bit about your musical influences. Can you talk to us about your like aesthetic? Before you move on to that, I wanted to ask. Um, you had said earlier that you had moved around a lot growing up. I'm wondering, like, what's your relationship to travel now? Is that something you like participate in, or uh, are you more like structural? Do you like take a trip or two? Yeah, the latter, and it's mainly just because as a kid, like, I always had to move around, and it was never my choice. You know, so like. Now that I'm older, it's like a big thing for me, like to act to finally have autonomy. Like I was thinking about making the trip up there to Chicago. Like I have hella friends in New York that are always trying to get me to come, but I hate traveling. I still hate it. Like I hate the idea of moving. I hate the idea of travel. It's still like the same way as it was when I was eight years old. Like I hate all that shit. But a lot of the times once you get that like once you do that shit, like you get to the end of the tunnel or like, you know, you, every time I ever moved growing up, I hated it for the first, at least year. I was just like, what, like, what the fuck? And then you fast forward a couple of years and you're like, damn, I actually like feel at home now. So I still definitely want to do like a decent amount of traveling and like growing up kind of like sculpted me to kind of like, I don't really feel like, like, I don't see myself being here forever, you know what I mean? But I see myself in, that, in, like no, in a nomadic light where, yeah, I'm probably, like, once, you know, once my uh, circumstances allow for it, like, I'm going to be everywhere, like, all the time. Because <laughs> why would I just, you know, stay in one particular place when I could be in a bunch of other places, like, I guess it feels like a blessing and a curse, but like all my childhood friends are pen pals. Like I have friends that I've been friends with for like 10, 15 years. And like, we just be texting and calling. Like we haven't even seen each other in a decade. Like, so I think that's just like, that's just like me. I'm going to have to do a lot of traveling, but like, I don't, I don't like traveling. Like if it was up to me, I'd be posted in one spot with everything I need, but that's not how life works. <laughs> Are most of your relationships like that? Just like you just knowing these niggas, you ain't really here for a whole lot of, I guess. Well, especially after the pandemic, that kind of put a, a little hole in meeting too many new people. Yeah, I mean, in general, like even with people, even with people that I know that live in the city, that live within 10, a 10 mile radius from me, there's always been like a degree of distance and I've definitely been coming to terms with that as an adult. That's that's some numerology shit. Life path number is eight. And one of the traits is like dis being distant and like aloof and shit. And like 
when I first read it, I was like, nigga, what? Like, I'm a softie. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm everywhere. Like, I, I was just, I had this, like, crazy toxic empathy. But as I get older, I'm like, there is definitely, like, a, I've been trying to work past it, too, because I don't know if it's healthy, but it's just, like, this kind of, like, wall that's there. Like, I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> Well, it, it does, but it's got me thinking about, I guess, how does community come into play when you're making music? Like, are you, I know you come to like, you get this feeling like when you have executed already and it's like, oh yeah, this is some tight shit. But is there, are there people, I guess, listening during the process with you and I guess how how far does that extend? Is that is it just that one person, or is it like you got a GC yeah. with like fifteen niggas that's all like oh shit? It's like, I mean, ultimately, like it is. It is like a small like handful of people, but there is there is still that aspect of like some type of distance in between me and those people makes like it's like you know like the close friend that i haven't seen in forever but like i'm still sharing my song and like it is what it is like it ultimately just does come back to like very personal experience like it's it's all like what i'm experiencing like me sharing it is just because like i think like from my perspective like the shit is the shit is valuable, so I'll share it, but there is all always like that element. Like, you know, it's like the like my issues, one of my biggest issues slash like strong points is that like my mom always taught me like she always used to like she just she don't she doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't trust a goddamn thing. Like so growing up like through certain experiences, like I'm very much still in the mindset of like, yeah, like you could be cool. You could be nice to me. You could, you could show love. You could do kind gestures for, for years. Like you could be right by my side for years, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you're on my team. I don't know if you're on my side. Like, I don't know what you, like what you really think about me when we're not face to face and when we're not talking, like, I don't know what you say to other people. Like, even if I love you and I feel secure in our relationship, like I still don't know. So like, I'll share the shit, but I'm still, you know, <laughs> like, I'm just like, so. Is that like a can... okay? Wait, before we even, I actually about to cut out. So we'll do our we'll do one more, and then we'll we only got like twenty more minutes or so. But I know we're about to cut out. So before I, so we just we just turn back up, which it, they give you unlimited meetings. We could do this shit once a week. I have a, I have my own failed podcast that I stopped <laughs> pursuing. Just cause. Oh, what's it? What's that drink called? It's all. I think I made it all private because uh, I think a lot of the shit that I was talking about, like that was like, I'll have all three slash fuck you where you breathe air, and like I was just I was purging a lot of people from my life and like dealing with certain shit, and I I just like. I was like, this doesn't need to be like public domain right now, but 
It was called uh, the long way, the long way, like the long way podcast. Cause it was like, I was like infinity. Like my idea was like infinity, the long way. So we're going to talk about the long way. So they're all, all like two hours, like two and a half hours long. And shit. Right. Just, just banter. Um, Bryce, I was, I was going to ask you about uh, just if that thing where you have the understanding that you'll never really know. I guess with people, like, is that mm-hmm. like a, I guess, is that like a jaded feeling or is that just like Taurus vibes? Like, what, where is where is that on the spectrum of like your personal feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, it could be Taurus vibes. It's just one, it's, it is kind of like, I need to see it to believe it. But again, like that shit was definitely ingrained from a really young like age where it was just kind of like and you know I had my own experiences too like I don't know if my mother manifested those for me <laughs> or like what it was but mm. it was just she, you know some of it like she she would tell me certain shit and like you know as you get older you have less and less friends and she you know I watched her kind of go through the same thing and I think it you know it just kind of like now it's just it's just kind of a part of me, I guess, that I, I still try and keep in regulation because, like, it does kind of like I don't I don't want to be a fickle person. Like, I think I, I think I am very emotionally fickle just because, like, I'll just take what I get, <laughs> and if I feel a way about it, I'll, I'll feel a way about it. And like, if I need to dead dead any type of you know like emotions or whatever I have like towards that's it. what it gotta be. Yeah, like that's not like I'm just like I could just do that, just based on like that those understandings I guess that like my mother gave me. It was just like yeah, like everybody gets betrayed. Like I've been betrayed many times, and then so now I'm like 25, and I'm like yeah, like we could be cool like for 10 years. We could be cool for 15 years. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's all still kind of open ended as to whether or not certain people are really on your side, and like that's just something I think you have to come to terms with personally. It's like, yeah, like you might have a fallout about a girl. <laughs> like that happens all the time. You might have a fallout. It's, it's girls or money or like something. You know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't matter like how long you've known somebody, like if the betrayal is grand enough, like if it's big enough to you, like emotionally, like then it's out for that. And like all that time, all the inside jokes, all the memories, none of that shit means anything at that point. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I, I guess I have been trying to, I've been kind of battling with like being like somebody with a really like open heart that just wants to be like hella loving and just open to everybody. But then I bounce back and forth on the spectrum where it's like, I was that person like super open. And like, you know, I saw what that had had to offer and then i was also like the nigga was that was like reclusive and like nigga i'm a vampire and like i don't give a fuck how you feel like i have no empathy i don't care like that was <laughs> i mean that was like fuck you where you breathe but now it's just kind of like bouncing back and forth between the those the ends of the poles and trying to just make sense of it and you know like obviously the ideal is to just form like a better understanding of the world like it's not necessarily for the sake of 
like I feel cool because I'm closed off and reclusive and I don't trust you and like now like I don't ever get hurt because I don't trust you and I don't let you in like that's not that's no way to live <laughs> you know what I mean so and I guess um the other thing I was thinking about first of all thanks for even really going into that I know that can be like I mean kind of weird just to talk about because there is a level of like dissonance, I guess, that at least when I've explained some of that to some of other people, they kind of just like, like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, it's not even like that. It's like, I just have that understanding. Exactly. Um, but the other thing I was thinking about Reggie had asked you about, oh yeah, he was, he had asked about your relationship moving around. What I was just thinking about like your, uh, your visuals and just like the, I guess your aesthetic, like we have your IG so we can kind of see like the shit you wear, uh, the images you choose to make and show us, even just as far as like your cover art and shit like that. You just talk about that. You say, what do you say? You say good things. <laughs> you say bad things. <laughs> just like your aesthetic, uh, would you call yourself a visual artist? Um, do you draw, like, cover art? Yeah. Well, so in all throughout, like, pretty much around the time 14, 15, where all this shit, all the music was slapping me, I was, I was doing a lot of photography. And like, I was like in the dark room, like I was shooting only film in the dark room and like using photo paper, like bringing all, like making all my own shit for like several years. And I definitely developed sort of a palette for like visuals, but I wouldn't consider myself a visual artist solely because the majority of my time is dedicated to just making these bops. And like, it's just like, I definitely, it's definitely something I want to get into. Like I have a Super 8, I have a fucking VHS, like from the eighties. I got two film cameras. I got like hella lenses and all this shit. And I never use it, like ever. Like it's been years. Like I, this shit just collects dust, but that's definitely something I would love to tap into. Like, you know, as soon as it's possible. It's really just been a matter of like time and resources, but I think, I mean, at heart, like, I'm just an artist in general. Like, I just, you know, like, music and art is, just like, it's it's everything. At some, at some point, it becomes everything. It's like, it's like the only thing that kind of explains this. It, it makes sense of this experience. Like, it's, it's like hardwired in us to have a reaction to those things, so. But I mean, that's a part of like the new shit. Like, I don't want to drop anything without a video anymore. Like, I've had this conversation so many times in the last couple months where it's just been like, bro, you got so much music. Like, why are you like, I just keep releasing singles and like, you know, just just posting my single. But it's like, yeah, you got to make a video, man. So that's one of the things that I like definitely on the frontier has been treatments, like trying to figure out like visually, like what I'm trying to do, too. 
Um, Man, hey, don't forget it. Don't don't just. I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but don't put the old music behind you just yet, because I be talking yeah. to our friend of Shovo. Like I'm like, yo, you still got a bunch of shit that your biggest fan is still waiting on a video. What are you exactly. talking about? Well, no, that's that's been the thing too. It's like, damn, this is a crazy undertaking. Like, obviously, I want to make. I don't want to drop anything without a video, but like that makes you pay attention to like, well, nigga, you got like three other albums and like half these songs all deserve videos. Mm-hmm. So then, all right, well, how are we going to bring it full circle and tie it all together? So that's that's definitely been the next frontier because the music thing, you know, like I said earlier, like niggas don't get writer's block anymore. Bro. Like I'd be shitting this shit out. Like it's, it's really easy to me at this point. So the next, like, now what's difficult is, like, thinking about everything else. It's like, how am I going to show up in a way that's, like, that's authentic? How am I going to, like, convey this idea? Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, it's, like, scientifically proven, like, music, hearing music and seeing something elicits a different reaction from your brain, like, and that's one of the conversations I've been having with myself. I'm like, nigga, you just you can't just keep dropping like 25 audio files, bro. Like you have to diversify the experience. Um, no word. Um, and I know Reggie, I've been kind of hogging the mic. Uh, so you talk just before you say you talk a little bit about how you don't really get writer's block anymore. Was that something like that? you felt like just kind of happened after, you know, is that like a consistency thing? Or was there like, uh, I guess, yeah. was it like something you undertook? It was like, bro, I got to get through this shit. Well, the writer's block was especially painful because I knew I had a lot to say and I knew I had a lot to share. It was just, I was getting bogged down and all types of shit, you know? You get gimmicks and like whatever's hot. Like Cardi B just dropped a single. Like everybody's talking about Molly. Like I don't know. Like you just <laughs> like you get swept away in those types of waves. So I think there was there was a moment where it just kind of like became more about just it was it was a lot easier for me to look in the mirror and see myself. And like it was it like at some point it became easier to decipher which thoughts were mine and which thoughts were like from outside. So then when I, when I was like able to hear the thoughts that were mine, I was like, all right, nigga, let's go. I'm like, the, I, I'm like, I can't stop these thoughts. <laughs> like these thoughts happen, whether or not like, I could be asleep, I could be half awake. I could be wide awake. Like I could be having the spins. Like I could be blacking out. Like I still have these thoughts. And like, once I was able to dissolve that thing that, you know, was like, Maybe it's like a a coping mechanism or like some type of safety thing. Like it just dissolved. And and it was like through living life, through listening to other music, and through just honestly through alcohol. <laughs> like that's like a very easy way to dissolve a lot of those things. And you you can really, you know, you'd be like, damn, this is me, bro. Like this is who I am. Like you don't have you don't have the the veil of societal conditioning or like any of those things. Like we've all been there. It's like you you had one too many, and you're like you're like having to really look at the real you. So I think that's where like 
the writer's block dissolves because it's like now I'm able to do that without necessarily being blacked out. Like I don't have to be blacked out. Like I can just, I just feel the real me and I can feel my thoughts so much stronger and better. And I can like articulate those things and it doesn't have to be coming from a space of like sheer and utter like intoxication and like, you know, it, I, it, it feels like a coming of age of sorts. Like everybody's got a story. It's like once you're, once you're able to kind of like kill your ego and just allow yourself to think that, like these thoughts and just say what it actually is, is like that shit just dissolves. Like it's just not like writer's block really only comes from wanting to be liked or wanting to be accepted or like, you know, but if it's just like some real spill, like some real spill from your soul, like it doesn't fucking matter, like <laughs> at all. Like not even the slightest bit. Like, I mean, we live like we live in a world where fidget spinners like made a nigga millions, like fidget spinners. Like I always think about that. Like imagine being at the meeting, like you walk into this into corporate like <laughs> everybody has a suit on you're like all right you whip out the fidget spinner you spin it one time you're like this is it <laughs> like, <laughs> like what <laughs> like what response did that nigga get like he's like listen guys there's like what the fuck is that and they're like this is the he's oh, then jerry was in the back wait a minute he's on to something <laughs> yeah like you're like this is the future nigga this is about to <laughs> It's easy. And obviously, like, that shit was only hot for, like, a day or two, like, a, sorry, a year or two, but, like, obviously, you don't see nobody fuck with fidget spinners, but, like, that was, that was kind of, like, and, like, that was sort of indirectly, like, one of the things I subconsciously was telling myself. I'm like, bro, you were the nigga that invented fidget spinners. Like, <laughs> like, you have to, you have to really honor, like, your experience and, like, all that shit, because the world is going to give you a, a, a plethora of reasons to, to shut the fuck up and sit down and like you kind of have you have to have that conviction in yourself to be like all right man like infinity man <laughs> like i don't know like that was like one of the songs for sure that was like i didn't put that shit out because i i had the line about i'm straight don't turn me gay and like that was from experience. Like, I was just like, bro, I feel like you, like, I feel like there's like a force, like trying to like take away my masculinity right now. Like, and trying to like, it was really weird. And I was like, bro, like, why is this happening? And like, when it came out, it just, I just blurted it out. And I was like, nah, like this isn't okay. But then after a while I was like, nah, I'm sure there's plenty of people that resonate with this. Yeah, I was gonna say like, no, I think definitely niggas feeling that. And obviously, like the disclaimer, ways. I don't give a fuck if you're like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, I'm not prejudiced in any way, shape, or form, or mm -hmm. even classist or anything. Like, I'll talk to anybody, everybody, the exact same way. But like, like at that particular point, I guess I felt prompted to say that because I was just like, you know, I, I've been, I'm coming, like, I'm, I'm coming out of a, a like a two or three year long relationship with like a hyper feminist that was like really getting she, like she really just like made shit confusing for me and then next thing i know i'm like 
I'm being made to feel bad because I don't want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, I don't have anything against RuPaul. Like, I don't have anything against these people on this show. Like, that's just not my vibe. It's not your content. You, yeah, I'm just... I'm it's not, not the, even the the gendered aspect. It's just not what you're trying to watch. Exactly. So then it's like, you go from... you, you First, you feel confused. You're like, why would you even, like, force me to do this? And then you feel mad because you're like, are you trying to emasculate me? Like, and then, you know what I'm saying? Like you got, like I went through all of those things and I was like, damn, like the only thing that I could say is I'm straight. Don't try to turn me gay. And like, I just felt like that was like, not good. Like initially. No, uh, initially that is a little, I could see that on the ignorant side, Yeah, <laughs> but I it, like, this is the thing. Like, I feel like, Especially when we're talking about art and music, like context. Yeah, context. And like if this is your real if we you talking about an experience, your real life experiences, regardless of if, if it's fucked up or not, that yeah. really was it, how you was feeling. Yeah, exactly. It's it like it doesn't matter like if it sounds bad, nigga. Like I really just saw this happen before my eyes. So then and then I also think about like just the interplay between who am I even releasing the shit to? Like, if I'm a person who chooses to be reserved to to only a select certain amount of people, then am I even inflicting upon the world the same type of, even if the people who listen to it do feel a way about it, is this even the same effect as if I was like fully public with the shit? You know, is it even that deep? Is it the same experience like or is it more of a private listening and like it's not the same it's not like i i don't have to worry about being canceled because it's my the 20 people that i know and they're just actually informing me how i can be a better person or some shit like that does that make sense yeah no i mean that was a part of it where i was just that probably kind of helped fuel it i was like man it's only the 20 people that I know that are going to hear this shit anyways. And they already know my body. So like <laughs> it is what it is. But then the trippy part is when niggas in Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> all their friends start uh, following you and hitting you up and shit. And you're, you're like confused. And then it's like, you're late to your own to, to party. And you're like, Oh shit. Like, damn. Like, all right. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, offensive like you know there's people that understand which is a whole different thing because i mean like for a song like infinity man like yes like the demographic of like the person that i was in a relationship with like while i was like having those types of dilemmas like they're not the one they're not listening to me they're listening to doja cat (laughs) like they're listening to megan the stallion like they're listening to they're listening to like other shit so obviously like this isn't for you which is what kind of like brings me back to that thing where it's like lately it's just been it's crazy like it's it's only not only but there's a lot of black men that are in our it's crazy it's like coming home i'm like i don't have to explain shit like niggas get it like i'll i'll like i'll just fuck and niggas really get it. 
Like, I don't feel like I need disclaimers or any any of that because they understand the experience. And it's not like I'm just trying to be a dickhead or like a menace to society. Like, and so that that's been one of the most like comforting things. Like, it's just like, damn, like this is beautiful. I mean, and even beyond, I think that's one of the only things you could really have as I guess, when, you know, just one of the things you have is your foundation of like, I know what my intentions are. Like now if you're mm-hmm. moving with fucked up intentions, you know, it's a different combo, but like if, if you move it from an authentic place and as Reggie was saying, just moving with authenticity, like in general, like, it's hard for even if you're saying some crazy shit it's like but why is it so passionate and i could feel this nigga, like type shit people don't think that far though that's the thing i mean some people like it's niggas i don't fuck with r kelly but there was a whole <laughs> band of niggas ready like they're like yo no you know this is purely off a musical relationship and like and i'm not even trying to like niggas not, trying to step in the name of love right like <laughs> i believe i could fly too nigga but that nigga's touching kids like come on bro yeah. so and i they're not even to make that a weird i'm acquainting you to our cat i hope that is not what's what's coming over and i'm not trying to equate you to that nigga in any shape way or form but just that that having that like yo i'm making what i'm making bro like it was it, it started as this thing that was for me and my people. And then, then y'all niggas heard it. We heard it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's evolving. And I think, you know, as you continue to make uh I wanna hear, I guess, like how your relationship, I guess, to that responsibility changes or doesn't change later. But it's cool to hear you you're, that you're in this pocket of just like receiving love and shit. What was the last part? Receiving what? Love. Oh yeah, that shit is crazy to me, man. Like, just because, like, like you said, it it started. You, you were saying it started out as just for me and my people. It wasn't even for me and my people. It was just for me. <laughs> like. It was literally just for me. Like I was just like, man, you know, I made I made a suit with myself, and you know, just went through a lot of shit, and just got you know, just got to that point of like, you know, I'm not isolated, but in a way, like I am. Like I don't, I just this just doesn't isn't making any sense for me. And like the only outlet really was just to make songs. So to me, it's just like the ultimate blessing to, you know, at least have like my plight or like whatever I'm fucking complaining about that week, like, <laughs> like resonate with people. Cause then it, it does like, it definitely aids the healing process. It's like, damn, like, all right, cool. Like I'm not, I'm not completely out of my mind. Like I'm not the only one dealing with this type of shit or like having these types of thoughts or like, you know, like the song Cut Myself from Mania, that was like a huge step for me because I was just like, this is probably the most like transparent I've ever been about like these types of subjects 
it's disgusting. Like it's gr- like it it still makes me cringe. Like I enjoy it, but like I'm like, this is like a real like part of my life. Like I was out here just slanging dick, like just whoring myself out and doing all this extra shit. And at the end of the day, I still hate myself. Like I'm gonna go self-harm after this. Like who taught like <laughs> I was just like I might as well stick my neck out and just, you know, openly just be like, Hey, I'm going to go cut myself like after this. And I, and I repeated it like several times throughout the song to just kind of drive home. Like I'm going to go cut myself because there has been this aspect of like, feel like, like now I feel like people are listening to like, when I first was like, just started spewing all this shit, I feel like nobody really heard me. Like, I'm like, did you hear what I just said? I'm like, this is my experience. And like, you know, you show it to close people and like, you feel like they're not really hearing it. And then it was like, all right, well, let me be as blatant as possible. Like, I'm going to cut myself after whatever. And like, and so now it's like being super blatant and like, I don't have to, I don't feel like I have to scream on songs anymore. Like I could just say stuff and like, yeah, it's definitely uh, been better than therapy, which is another thing I wanted to talk about, actually, because throughout, like, these last, like, three albums, I've been, you know, like, shit shit has been wild, and, like, I'll, I'll talk to people about stuff, and, like, one of the reoccurring themes is, like, yo, like, have you thought about going to therapy or, like, talk, talking to someone? I'm like, listen, my nigga, like, not to say that I'm above therapy or getting professional help, but I, like I, I put myself in therapy when I was 15. Like I put myself there. Like I knew that I needed that. And I was there for years. I went through the whole system. I was on SSRIs. I was taking meds. I was talking, I was like, I was taking myself to therapy like I was walking I was walking an hour to go to therapy and walking an hour back like I went through like I really put myself in at the forefront of trying to figure all this shit out so I think that's a part of the kind of like the disdain that maybe we might seep through on those records it's like a lot of the songs where I'm like being like openly and blatantly toxic it's honestly just kind of in a way, like, I feel like I'm, like, shitting on, like, I feel like I'm being blatantly toxic because I have an understanding and, like, I've spent a lot of time and a lot, like, a lot of internal work to get to this point. So I'm going to be blatantly toxic, but I have an understanding. Like, you can feel a certain type of way about it and you might feel concerned and, like, you might think that it's, like, a benefit to mention therapy to me like i've never fucking heard of it <laughs> you know what i mean but like niggas have already done that so this like the this the nuanced version of those types of procedures like this is this is a nigga that has been through that system and it's like now just deciding to is fortunate enough to be able to have an outlet to you know, like express these things musically and that helps this nigga sleep at night. <laughs> so yeah, that's like this now. Like I'm at home. Like I'm cozy. I'm in my snuggie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my snuggie. Like this is my like solace. Like this is where I go and nothing's going my way. 
unfortunately, not only is it beneficial to me, but obviously it's making an impact for others. So that shit is just like, that's everything. Like that's, that's like purpose. Like that's, that's happiness right there. It's like, yeah, man, like this is, it doesn't even, it's not even like, there's no, there's no like part of me that necessarily has any type of like, cause I feel like a lot of people have this thing in their mind. Like I put it in one of the new songs. It's probably gonna be on the next album, the one after that. But it was like, I said some shit. I was like spending days in the sun cause I don't think I'm black enough. I was like, these people got me chopped. They think I care about blowing up. <laughs> I was like, bro, like, you know, and as a musician, you have those conversations where like people are like, yo, I could I could put you here and I could do this. And like, da, da, da. And you're like, from my perspective, I'm like, nigga, like, that's not my angle. Like, I don't give a fuck about blowing up, bro. Like, I don't care about your connections or your links, nigga. Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm just trying to get this shit off. Like, I'm a real person, nigga. We're better at the, the attention aspect, but I'm like, this is really like therapy. Like, this is actually therapy for me. Like, this is me being able to make it through the day by just letting this shit, like, getting this shit off my chest. Like, but, I mean, obviously, like, there's the ego aspect. And, like, they're probably used to dealing with people who are, like, trying to blow up or whatever. But, like, I don't, I don't care about blowing up, nigga. Like, I'm cool with my, my little cult fan base. Like, all niggas that look like me that have dealt with similar types of shit and they resonate. Like, that's cool with me. Like, I don't give a fuck about, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't care about selling out an arena, bro. Like, you sell out an arena of 30,000 people, 10,000 of them don't give a fuck about you. They don't even know who you are. Their friends just drag them along. <laughs> like, they're just there type shit. So, like, that shit doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that was a tangent. No, we, we fully support those. Um. I'm just like processing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this is the type of shit, you know, that definitely fuels, fuels everything. Just being able to like connect with people that somewhat resonate in some way, shape or form. Like, again, it's like the trippiest shit ever. Like, I don't know how you niggas, honestly, like, I have, I don't know if his real name is Nico or what it was, but the first person, this one kid, bro, he came out from Chicago to come to like, I was like, fuck, I was like living in like Herndon, Virginia. And he came out and he was trying to make music, like bro, flew out to fuck with me and like got a, ho a hotel room and all that shit. And like, I'm not getting shit done. That was the first person that I met from Chicago. And then I think it just kind of rippled from there. I think his name is Nico. I don't, I don't know if y'all know, him, but like, of course, kid, Sidaka, but like, that's crazy. Like, see, like, yeah, literally, that, I have no crazy. fucking clue who Fuck. you're talking about. I'm like, you need, I'm like, y'all don't know him, but y'all don't know them, but they, you know, type shit. So, yeah, <laughs> it's weirder and weirder. <laughs> like, like, Sid, like, Sid, Sid, and like his whole, and like Nico and all them. And then now I'm like, oh, shit, like, shit maybe you do have an impact and maybe you should take take this seriously to some extent so i'm you know like very much in the space where like fuck the cliches fuck like fuck all that extra shit like 
you need to make shit that that for one is like therapeutic to you and if it's therapeutic to you it'll be therapeutic to others and it'll be impactful for others like that need it like i don't care about the coachella bitch and the daisy dukes like <laughs> off molly like whatever like I, I, been, I was just watching all the rolling loud performances and for some reason that's at the forefront of my mind but this is this is what matters like it's it's connecting with like the people that actually resonate that shit is beautiful um it's i mean it's beautiful to hear you talk about it like you kind of have given us a mixed bag of like nigga, i was in a dark fucking place nigga alcohol is in the air you know heartbreak life panties and but also like i'm finding healing through music i'm actually dealing with myself i'm trying to figure out how I can be with certain more, more people and shit like that. Then with people who's just hitting me up to talk to me. Um, one, I want to say, just like on a human level, you're not alone. Like, we just met each other and like- I know now. Yeah, like <laughs> shit. Um, but like, literally, we, we make it a habit to get give space to people who maybe we don't even consider friends but like we get them the space to you know just hear what they talk about and trying to help them process the situation so like I guess I'm trying to say like that space is open for you here but also just on the artist level like if there's like times where it's like brown I need more ears. I need niggas to tell me if this shit is trash or not. Like, nigga, we want to hear the shit. Send that shit to the, uh, you know what I mean, the DM, text. And, uh, yeah, we let you know. We let you know what's going on. Just as far as, like, the network. Just imagine typing out a message to me, like, hey, bro, I'm not fucking with this. This is but <laughs> Your cadence was trash. Nigga, what is this flow? Stop trying to sound like Blueface. (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, I fuck with the beat, but stop. Stop. Yo, that would be so funny. That would... (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, I know we just thought of texting, nigga. Not even trying to do you like that. This is trash. Start over. (laughs) Start over. Yeah. That's, That's one of the most important things, too to me is that's why I'm always sending shit out. Cause obviously like, yeah, I can only, like mentally masturbate to myself for so long, like, and be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm that nigga. Like this shit is hard. Like this flow is hard. Like you gotta send that shit out. And one of the things is definitely like, you gotta have a, a that feedback loop for sure. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to leave the people? Is there places that we, we should be finding your music on? Like, it literally any lasting messages. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to drop a shit ton of uh, videos along with these offensive mu- uh, songs, these offensive musics. <laughs> um, just, uh, you know, life is, life is hard enough as it is, man. Just be nice to others, bro. Just be nice to everybody. You got to treat everybody like they're going through some shit because they definitely are. No matter how, like, privileged you think they are, like, you got to, we got to leave room for empathy. 
empathy and perspective. So that's one thing. And shit, I got nothing but tunes, nothing but tunes. Uh, word. So we got new music coming. Yeah. Um. Fuck. It's gonna be either. It's gonna be called chaos or chaos magic, but. It's August now. I'm probably going to drop that shit like either next month or October. It's going to be called Chaos Magic. It's nothing like, it's not going to sound like anything like you've heard. I mean, it will sound like shit that you've heard, but it's me leaning more into the guitar and bass and just like songwriting aspect of things mm-hmm. and introspection. Um, and then after I drop that, I'm going back to nigga shit. So the next tape, <laughs> the next tape after that, I would just go kind of like fuck you where you breathe slash mania and social media right style, like just spewing. But when we here for all of that shit. For y'all listening, amen. and I'm that's here for y'all. M E S E N F A N T S. Infinity, nigga. Use your Google. Thank you for being on the podcast, nigga. Very honored to have you. Until next time. Yeah, yeah. Stay blessed. Appreciate y'all, man. Be safe. Thank you for having me. Always my Stay safe. Okay, out there. I got a couple. I got a couple colorful characters for y'all too. If you, if you yeah, bro. Send us the IGs and shit. For sure. Yeah, man, but appreciate y'all. Stay blessed. All right, man. Peace. Peace.